0: Hello,
1: good evening everybody and welcome back
0: and good morning from me and yeah once again we took an impromptu hiatus and I think that's just sort of how this will go for a bit until we figure out a schedule that works. It is challenging to coordinate the lives of parents living across the world but we're we're doing it.
1: Yeah, it was easier said than done. But uh, I think even without the time zone difference, uh, life happens and running families and all sorts Mm -hmm. of adulting is just hard to program. Mm
0: -hmm. Our intentions are good, though. (laughs) True, true. So yeah, it's a Monday morning for me, late February, and I just got back from my first ever night away from my kids, and um, everything went sideways this morning. Getting <laughs> back to school, so welcome feel, back
1: to reality.
0: Yeah, it's all good. It's good. It's good to be back. And yeah, so I think, <clears throat> I think for this episode, we we have a general theme. We're going to talk about guilt. Guilt. And how that um, shows up for us and how it is definitely an underlying theme for definitely for like adult children of alcoholic parents and um, whatever else I guess we kind of what blossoms from there. So I'm actually going to let you take us away to begin, Nicole, and yes kind of chime in
1: <laughs> that's okay I will also start by saying a happy belated birthday because during this time uh, you had a birthday and um, and it's funny that you mentioned guilt because guilt comes into a lot of my emotional uh, feelings as I said over holidays and birthdays and things like that um it's it's a complex thing. Uh, deep down inside, I know that I've gone through all of these feelings, and I'm I have a clear conscience that I don't have anything to feel guilty about with going no contact with our parents or not speaking and not reaching out anymore. But it's uh, something that definitely comes to the forefront very frequently. Um. I don't know how to, how to explain it, uh, into great detail. Um, as I said, I, I'm new to setting boundaries and I often feel guilty for doing it now. I feel like, you know, am I being too hard about this situation now on creating this big gap of communication in between the two of us or, or me and my parents. Um, I feel guilty over the holidays I feel guilty for you, too, um, because I know how you felt over the course of your birthday, too. Um, I expected somebody to reach out uh, to say, you know, a happy birthday or anything, some sort of reconciliation, reach out. Um, It's it's a feeling of why? Why are we here? And am I simply unlovable? Like, have they just disowned me or you as a child? And then again, I feel guilty as an adult, because it makes me feel small. It makes me feel like a child again. And that feeling is very hard for me to accept at this point.
0: It is, it's sad. I get like, I, because you said, you you know, now that you don't have anything to feel guilty about. And I agree. I don't, don't think I've done anything wrong at this point, but it doesn't change the fact that it still like hurts. There's hurt feelings and it's hard to, um, yeah, it's hard to like see other people's happiness without feeling a little resentful. But I try, I know that it's like, that's not their fault. And I will just say that like lots of people reached out to me that do love of me. And I just want to shout out um, my work mom, Auntie Jane, <laughs> who she's the auntie. We she's love like, Auntie Jane. <laughs> yeah. Like she, she, she takes as she learns more about this, she just takes it to such heart and she reaches out, and her birthday was actually the day before mine. So happy belated oh, birthday, happy belated birthday, and yeah, the girls and I called and sang to her, and you know, there and my friends all reach out to me, and I did feel acknowledged. And my family, like John and the girls and stuff, really they took care of me. So we're good. It it does, you know, it is that that uh moment of question though and like am i unlovable to my own parents but again i just remind myself that that's their thing they're not ready to acknowledge the difficult road ahead if that is even a consideration for them you know it's yeah it's too hard to acknowledge the hard truths right so anyway
1: yeah, and, I mean, I don't know if, if that's it when we go to our parents and why they too have obviously stopped reaching out. Um, we've stopped all contact entirely between us. And I'm not sure if they're capable of the feeling of guilt. Um, sometimes I, I mean, I I often empathize with other people And their emotions and their feelings, and I try to put myself in, even in our parents' position, and think, you know, what is it with them? Is it guilt that they cannot face anymore? Uh, Is it the resentment on them actually having to confront all of these issues and all of these very, very hard truths to face all of this? Um, Maybe it is just that they don't care to sever another relationship i mean think about it this is the last remaining relationship that they have with direct family really um i don't know i don't know if it's their desire to maybe just hang on to the reins of control and have that feeling of power or upper hand that they want to have over us Uh, it's it's hard Yeah, I have to say that, like, I was just
0: moderately surprised that I didn't get any attempt from uh, our dad. Dad is one that's
1: really bothered me with.
0: And I think, like, it just makes me think that our last encounter, what I said, he had to have heard because I, I take it very serious. I take... Protecting my family, and you, especially in that moment. I take that very seriously and I carry that with me for my own kids. So it's like protective mode. I mean, he had to have heard that. And I know that on some level, this must bother them, but I also feel like it's easy to bury oneself into the lifestyle that they live and tune it out, right? They they have their own chemical (laughs) and otherwise coping mechanisms.
1: Yeah, but it's it's a common uh, scenario that they have done repeatedly over their life. As we mentioned before in a previous episode, that they tend to run away from their problems and hide from the confrontation and actually addressing the issue at hand, be it... Being evicted from a home or dealing with legal issues or dealing with school issues, um, they tend to run away with that, maybe in the hopes that it just blows over and we can leave off like a big, cheesy, happy family, which we never were. But um, yeah. Anyways, eh- Going no contact, it's uh, it's hard. And guilt is definitely a very, very strong emotion. Um, it's emotionally exhausting. Uh, I often overanalyze the situation on a daily basis. Um, I look for reasons uh, to try and make the first step into reconciliation. And it just saddens and frustrates me even more. Um, you know, I try and hold on to that little part of me that recently has come forward. That's been able to build a little bit more strength in creating that boundary. And it kind of pulls me back and say, you know, no, I'm still going to hold my ground now and uh, try and keep that up.
0: Yeah. It's, it's difficult. Cause I get like, if you're meeting occasionally you feel almost compelled to like re-reach out. because I do. I'd, yeah.
1: I get that because it's that lack of closure that yeah. you have, like, you know, I I want to hear an explanation, like, why, and I know how, because never... I could never do it. I mean, I know you could never do it too. Um, I could never just turn my back on my children
0: because,
1: no. for whatever reason, and not reach out to them and not know that I have grandkids that I've missed an entire of them growing up, my kid is going into university this year. You have children that they've never met. Mm -hmm. And that guilt, that eats me alive. Um, I think about, I think about the hurt that you go through. Um, I think about the hurt for the kids that, I mean, your, your kids are small enough. Mine are old enough now. And we've already had some issues with Mm -hmm. um, my teenage daughter Addressing the situation that she doesn't have a relationship with her grandparents, um she recognizes that, and she is very more in tune now on why I also have my own insecurities and my own emotional roller coaster over the past year. and mm-hmm. she's definitely more aware of that yeah and- yeah
0: and unfortunately, it's been you know. Almost 18 years of her experiencing the c- periodic involvement followed by more uh, broken promises than anything, right? Absolutely. And eventually uh, kids will come to their own conclusion on things. I mean, I don't, I don't believe in like sheltering my kids. I provide plain terms explanations on why they why we don't see them. and yes they'll figure it out when the time comes. And I believe that they, or at least my oldest is already formulating her, her understanding. And I, and I don't trash talk or anything. I
1: just. No, not me neither. I've never Mm -hmm. like, you know, I know my, especially my daughter, she's older. She's a very old wise soul as well. Um, I've always been very diligent in not speaking trash (laughs) about our parents in front of them and stuff. And when she, puts a comment out there saying, oh, well, yeah, at least they could have called or had they actually known what year I was born or when I was born or when I had a birthday. And, you know, I said, you know what? Like they, they have their own issues too. Again, there's me going to make excuses for everybody, Mm -hmm. but um, it's, it's sad. And I know this year social media is, you know, it has its pros and it has many cons. And, and the only form of, you know, knowing if our parents are okay is kind of via social media and just blatantly grazing around, seeing if they've been active for a while. Other than that, we have nothing, no information on them if they're around. (laughs) Um, But there's been a few instances over the year that, um, My mother has posted random photos of neighbors' children and little comments saying, Oh, look at so and so's birthday. What a sweet child. Look at these lovely memories. And me, of course, it's going to hit me personally. I'm a grown ass adult and I, you know, (laughs) these are strangers' children. She doesn't even know anything about your kids. She missed. And didn't say anything to my children for their birthday. And my daughter reached out and replied to one of her public postings of these strangers' children that she was gushing over. Say with actually, if you remember, she had posted a couple of photos of <laughs> herself as a baby, herself <laughs> as a teenager. One of her and then my brother, kids, <laughs> one of them one of her little brother as a baby, and one of my son who is now six foot three um and sarah's children as well as you know babies growing up and all this and said here how about a memory like this your actual grandchildren that and that's why i love about. your kid <laughs> so mic drop for my 17 year old daughter and, and she got to join. <laughs> she joined your famous club of being banned from social media by our mother. Mm-hmm. And since then, she has also been uh, <laughs> thrown into your club there. So
0: Yeah, we're in the blocked club. So, uh, yeah, that's, I mean, it's funny, but it's like,
1: it's funny, ooh, but it's that's, that's hard tragic. to see. It's it is. Tragic. I mean, is. yeah. And I was also deleted, uh, although I still have some secret little ways of going in through my in-laws on her page.
0: Yeah. I don't. Were you blocked
1: or you just haven't? No, I was deleted. You so I don't know. Unfriended. Maybe it was like, yeah, I think I was. Who knows? Maybe it was a moment of. Who knows? Hazy. Yeah. relapse.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, your your kiddo and me are blocked yeah. and I'm blocked. I think that shows you all listening that. Nicole's oldest and I are very similar in some ways.
1: <laughs> Twinning. If you saw, actually, Sarah and my daughter next to each other. but I come home from Canada, like, since my child was a baby, we would go out. We would go snowshoeing together. We would go to the mm-hmm. mall. We would go out to the park. And everyone would be, oh, your, your child is so cute. How old is she? And Sarah would turn around and say, why didn't you ask her mother? Like, she's right there.
0: <laughs> yeah, she... We yeah. are cut from the same cloth for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> but I and I I love that fiery spirit and that like she's just like an advocate in her heart and, I've, and I and I see that. So it she's is. definitely um you know she is of my blood too. Yes. <laughs> so how does guilt show up for you or how does it
1: I don't
0: know. Give guilt us an example.
1: Up. Let's see. Guilt shows up on eh, probably a daily basis. Um, I think the most common form that it comes to me is that what if, that going back, that guilt of saying, what if I changed the narrative then?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: What if I protected you a little bit better? What if I protected myself what if I knew better? But, I mean, we were kids. Um, mm-hmm. I often feel guilty, especially with the substance abuse. Um, I I feel guilty that I wish I would have known uh, as a young adolescent that maybe I could have gotten them help. Maybe it would have changed the course of things. Oh, that is so not our
0: role to do it that. It wasn't our
1: role, but I but mean, I that's, that. it, it is a guilt that I feel, you know, it's bothered me. It's pestered for a very long time that, you know, just going back and changing things. Um, mm-hmm. I feel guilty, as I said, for my kids that they don't have that whole the family, whole relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, I, Again, I'm not going to undermine my fantastic mother-in-law. She (laughs) definitely fills in the shoes for a lot of missing pieces. So we are very fortunate to have that. Um, Yeah. But I I feel the guilt of... Take it over because I can't think. Yeah, out of of I, thought, I
0: so. was. I was gonna say my guilt is it used to be. It used to be about like the holidays, and if time too much time had passed, I would always reach out because oh, definitely because that's what everyone was waiting for, and it has always been my position to try to bring everyone together, and and even if it meant the drama and the suffering that came with it but now my guilt has shifted to a more it's more of a morbid place and uh forgive me if this goes dark but my guilt I know man, exactly
1: where you're going because I've probably yeah, shared the same
0: my guilt is now about what what if someone dies and we're we're in this holding pattern of never knowing even why they've decided to just cut and run yeah. And not being able to say things that matter that need to be said, and that they'll never be received either. And I I don't know if there's anything that I can, or we could ever do to change that. But it's still hard to not shake that guilt, like wor- the worry, the worry that comes with it too, like, if they're someone's health is ailing, or whatever um, and not knowing because in a different circumstance I would 100% be the kind of adult child that would take on the role of like
1: caregiver, a caregiver. And, I my,
0: my life's work has been I have been a community support worker for people in different stages of of adversity whether it's um, living with addictions, living on the streets, adults with different di- like diverse abilities that cannot care for themselves. And so that kind of thing is what I do. And so there's the guilt of not not knowing like what if one day we get that phone call, right? And that is that's sort of where I'm at now where I, I can't tread forward haven't figured out how to be okay with it because i mean nobody wants to be okay with it um but yeah that's a tricky one for me
1: it's um definitely a thought that's i've also shared uh, the past little while and i fully understand the how you feel about it um I mean, tomorrow is not promised. We also have parents that have lived a very unhealthy lifestyle, Uh, a very careless and reckless lifestyle, especially into their senior years now. I mean, my dad's in his late 60s, or at least mid-60s, and my mom's in her 70s. But, I mean, unfortunately, too, I mean, as morbid as it is, you know, I've always, especially recently, I've thought about that, And that wave of guilt already like just it drowns me. It throws me into full on anxiety attack to think about that, to think about the guilt that I know I would have and for not seeing those unsaid conversations and not having that closure or that form of, you know, explanation to why, like, what did what did we do? And what could I have done? Different, better. And I mean, going back into the horrible and sad talk of death, I mean, I'll probably get all emotional now, but um I talk about like I think about losing our grandparents this year. It was horrible. And we lost our grandfather the previous year. And they were both amazing people. They lived full, beautiful, long lives. And they were very family-oriented. Uh, they lived on the East Coast. They were in Toronto, uh, in Ontario, sorry. And we were on the West Coast. And Sarah, can you nail it down? When was the last time our parents went and visited back home?
0: Well, they didn't. It was when we left Ontario in, like, 91 or 92. Like 91. When did we... Yeah, we came yeah. back. We lived. We we were born here on the west coast, and we moved briefly to Ontario for a maximum of four years. years. For four or
1: five years. It yeah. was not From even five years. Until ninety one, we were there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, like, not even three years, really. Yeah. And we moved back to BC, and that was the last time that either of our parents set foot in Ontario. Now, we did our grandparents were like RV people they would cruise around and so they did come out here a couple of times but I I w- went to them after like my our dad never hasn't seen his brother since then yeah.
1: like he's, he's never, never he's
0: never met he's never met his sister-in-law
1: no right nor nor has he met his you know his brother's grandchildren, or anything—they've barely extended.
0: met my kids. Come on, true. <laughs> so now I'm we're reaching, be- right? Sorry, sorry, Ontario <laughs> people, we love you, but yeah, it was it was very sad, and yeah, it was very sad, and I don't know. I mean, I have a pretty good sense on why they cut that relationship <laughs> off because there's probably a lot of shame from being bailed out so many times.
1: Absolutely. Financially and gosh knows what else. But yeah, no, my guilt um, definitely goes, it's very deep with my grandparents um, when we lost them. And it was, it's like a third party guilt. I feel guilty for dad. I feel guilty for everybody involved that, when they passed away, I mean, nobody went back. It's It was always an excuse of, you know, oh, I'm working. I can't get time off. I'm sorry. This is a moment in life where you put everything on fucking hold and you drop your stuff and you go. And when we lost our grandma, I had come home, surprising, just as a very last notice to visit Sarah for the kids' birthdays and all this a couple years ago. And unfortunately, during that time, our grandma passed away as well. And it really, really hurt all of us. I mean, it's, you know, a part of your rock of your family unit. Yeah, my grandma
0: was the one that would, like, um, call me and tell me that she was proud of me and gave me that um, that encouragement and she saw me even from so far away she saw like you're working so hard you're gonna like I'm gonna graduate yeah <laughs> and the work and all of that stuff. So it was that it was a big loss. I mean they she was ready and that's you know she, she was, was ready. Going- I know
1: she went peacefully and whole and as i said they they lived a full life they had grandchildren they had great grandchildren oh yeah um i mean they were surrounded by love and they had nothing to give but love yeah and i feel guilty for the way that i mean i couldn't go back to the funeral that we have that unfortunate thing with canada and it's just so big, and it was during fast COVID as well. <laughs> it was during COVID, of course. I mean, things were very complicated, and I think I still feel anger and guilt that my fantastic cousin she was able to video call us during the service and all that, and my dad joined in, driving in his work truck with the radios and the CB radio blaring in the background still with his hat on and a cigarette hanging out of his mouth and he didn't have I don't know like sometimes they're so detached from reality and what is socially acceptable yeah he didn't have that decency to give 10 to 15 minutes of his time and respect in a proper way And my mom didn't even our mom did not even join in because she was in whatever state too. Yeah. Um, That guilt and the guilt of knowing that she left us, knowing that her child hadn't gone back to visit in so many years, I uh, it hurts me deeply. Yeah, it's
0: I get that, and I think I think like what you're saying is like how it it feels like how it represents how our family is, right? Their, their actions. But I also think
1: of like, you know, how, how he would have thought, you know, what, how, what her feelings could have been. Um, And I feel, I feel pain for that.
0: Yeah, it is. It's sad for sure. And um, I mean, they, they, Would have come to their own conclusions at this stage of the game on on what kind of life has been living out here, and I do know that they were very much able to separate who you and I were in comparison. And you know, I've gone out there a number of times as much as I can. Um, But yeah, I get that. I get. It's like it's almost like wearing the guilt that we think that our parents should have for the way that that rolled out. And I that's, think
1: that's a good way to explain it because it is, it's that.
0: <laughs> and and that is very much a theme of not only adult children are like alcoholics, but just, I think this level of uh, dysfunction is yeah. because they're out of control. We can't control their, actions and environment and so we're looking we have all these displaced feelings and we were like they should feel this too and i can control well i can't but like i can take ownership of it and it's it's no longer our job to do that yeah it's hard it it's not easy to just turn it off though but i think that's the best way i can describe it is like it, it's been on a legacy of trying to take on the emotions we think they should be exhibiting, which they're unable to for whatever their reason is. Right. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. I think, I mean, my main issue is just realizing that I'm never going to have like the parent that I wanted or deserved. Like, no, that's it's not a very parent. hard truth to, to accept. Um, but it gives me a little bit of comfort in the fact that, I mean, I know that I have definitely broken the cycle with my kids. I mean, I have a very good uh, relationship and I've done everything that we didn't have for them. You know, I've guided them and been there and had open conversations. And they're two very good, well-grounded kids.
0: You got a couple of good eggs on your hands over there. Yeah. i'm definitely trying to do the same here in my own way in my own style that's
1: just it i mean you go back and you think where all of the shit show that we were going through um i said this to you before once your kids come of like age and they're like preteens and stuff a lot of very deep memories will resurface um Mm -hmm. But it does give you comfort that, you know what, you kind of have a better perspective of things and you know what's right and what's wrong now. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, what is appropriate parental child interaction and behavior,
1: right? Yeah. Yeah, but going back to guilt, um, what else goes hand in hand with the guilt? Uh, As I said, all those what ifs, um I remember Jen had brought up that one conversation um when you had gone to her house Jen is my best friend I've been living in Europe for 18 years Jen used to live close to Sarah in uh, BC there <laughs>
0: And she I'm, would even come for. She would come for a summer sleepover, yeah,
1: like barbecue. We get over here to the island. <laughs> Jen is Jen is fun. my my sister from another mister. Um, I love her dearly. She and she
0: always brings a really well stocked cooler all, of
1: like the best snacks. I know she's she's like queen <laughs> queen of snacks. <laughs> yeah, um, and it's funny because there's another dynamic we can go into later on is. Oh, it's like the jealousy of our friends. The jealousy and the alienation of our friends because our mother despised anybody that got close enough that knew about a few of the skeletons in the closet. If they knew the family shit show that we were dealing with, our mother had them in her crosshairs for the rest of her life.
0: Let's talk about friends next episode because I have some really that will good be one. Oh, yeah, updates. We'll
1: throw that one out. Okay. There. So just all you guys know you're all coming down, down with us. Yeah.
0: We but, can use fake names.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Anyways, Jen, you're pretty pretty uh, <laughs> generic name. So <laughs> you're coming into this episode. She had mentioned uh, during all of this summer that I was sharing my sadness and estrangement what with happened. parents and whatnot. Yeah. And she brought up something and it made me feel so sad and so guilty for you as my baby sister
0: oh. about
1: something that had gone. I mean, you were a grown adult. You were in your 30s.
0: No, I wasn't yet because I still lived in White Rock. I was in my like late 20s. mid-late 20s. Yeah. And John and I were only together like a couple of years
1: They had invited you over for like just a regular Sunday family dinner and it wasn't anything special. They weren't cooking beef wellingtons or, you know, baked Alaska. But, you know, her family always had that, you know, that very traditional. Okay, Sunday is like family time. Her parents were also divorced for many years. They reconciliated but they always kept their family together. So the kids would come over and mom and dad would be there and they would do a proper family, sit down dinner and shoot the breeze and function. <laughs> I forgot that they were divorced.
0: Yeah. Well, <laughs>
1: anyways, anyways. So she told me, she's like, I remember something so vividly and I never realized how hurt you children were. Even as grown adults, Until that time, I invited Sarah over for a family dinner. And as we were sitting down and eating, I think you needed to excuse yourself from what she explained to me. And you broke down and started crying. And you can go into like what you were feeling and stuff. But I'm such a buzzkill
0: to a good time. (laughs) I do remember it. I do remember it. I think I was just overwhelmed and even thinking about it, I can picture it now. I think I was just overwhelmed at like how, how it felt to actually experience normalcy like that. And where there wasn't any, any underlying drama or bad feelings or worry that someone was gonna say something there wasn't gonna be a fight and it was just like just regular people chatting and laughing and eating together and, and not just walking on eggshells yeah yeah not feeling like yeah exactly like I was waiting for the shoe to drop
1: Right. Right. Mm -hmm. And I remember when, when Jen told me about this, uh, she said, you know, I felt so confused to why you got emotional about it. And then she realized, she's like, you know, the trauma that these two girls, I mean, she's lived it with me because we've, you know, we've had a very open conversation about this and she's been my uh, sideshow Bob to all of this circus. Um, but, uh, for her to see it firsthand something so simple and so pure that it had that effect on you she said you know it really really opened up my eyes and she remembered speaking with her parents afterwards about it that you know like what sort of shit we really missed out on simple love and simple moments that should give you comfort and security
0: yeah i had a moment like that again when um when we did go back john and i and our oldest but she was not quite one at the time she was probably about nine months old we went back to ontario and did like a grand tour of both sets of our cousins and saw my grandparents were still with us at that time and they were living in a like a seniors living facility, but we went. John and I and our our little one had a family dinner at our cousin's place, uh, and she's got three boys. And my uncle was there and his wife, and I think one of the boys, the older boys' um, girlfriend, was there. So it's like a big table and. The boys just loved Margaret. They loved her so much. They played with her the whole time. And I remember just sitting there and feeling like, again, that overwhelm. And John was like, give me the look, like, (laughs) keep your shit together. Hold it together. (laughs) Don't make it weird. (laughs) Don't make it weird. But I remember um, our cousin's oldest came up to me and he's like, here, do you want me to hold Margaret so you can eat? And that's when I just.
1: (laughs) The waterworks, the floodgates opened up. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, because again, it was just like this is what it feels like to have a family dinner, and I it was my family this time, and and it was just so overwhelming and like beautiful. And again, I started feeling that guilt crept in again because what must they think of our story, and and why? only now are we having these moments and i mean they're just we're just so open arms with us but yeah it was one of those moments that was really overwhelming and powerful and yeah anyway i'm yeah. not always a buzzkill for real <laughs> no <that>.
1: no <laughs> <laughs> you know what though um thinking about guilt i mean i'm sure that like other people that are estranged from a family member or have a very rocky relationship with somebody and decides to go non-contact i think guilt is just a very common uh emotion that will come into play no matter what uh but also think about our younger years we were taught to feel guilty we were it was yeah emotionally beaten into us there are Do you remember the how much your braces cost? Oh, tell it? me about it. Let's <laughs> go into every phrase I have heard as a I child. Know. I sent you to modeling school. You owe me this. Mm-hmm. Um, oh well, but I I bought you a hot dog last weekend. Uh, yeah, I, you took saxophone lessons, Sarah. Like we were constantly. As I did, it,
0: children. but they just stopped showing up because they never got
1: paid. So exactly. we can't like really use that like against the orthodontists me. that we also were like, you know, in the midnight move with the dentist because they never got paid.
0: Um, Which is like sad because I understand poverty and I, you know, I know we were low, very low income and I don't hold that against them, but I do hold, I do have, I harbor feelings about making it game. our problem because we know about it, making it your children's problem. Like telling your children that you're the reason why yeah. your, your braces cost yeah. this much.
1: I can't fucking control how my teeth grow. <laughs> but yeah, no, that, um, that feeling of guilt, we were programmed to feel it. Conditioned. Yeah. It was and- it's a deep, deep,
0: deep. It goes deep. It goes very deep on the conditioning.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think of all those malicious comments that would get thrown, and you know, you knew you owe us this. You do this because we did this for you. Um, so, it's Five a heavy times. one.
0: It's a heavy one. But let's bring it up a notch as we wrap it up.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, do you have any more thoughts on guilt right now? No, I feel guilty for not speaking up sooner. Mm. Don't feel guilty for that. No, but I think it's just a defense mechanism that I have. Um, mm-hmm. I've always had a very tough outer shell to me, which yeah, I know really doesn't. It doesn't express how I actually am because I'm an absolute softy and I'm very hypersensitive. Uh, mm. Yeah, so. I think those are traits that like
0: that. Sometimes people confuse being an empath with the actual response of people that have lived in a state of like either crisis or chaos trauma. or trauma where it's like you have to pick up on that to assess your personal safety and how to mitigate what happens next yeah it's so, something I'm
1: definitely becoming more aware of um I am a ridiculous people pleaser too I will always try and go I will exert myself until I collapse to people please be it entertaining be it trying to help out a friend emotionally taking on their loads as well uh i've always been that way and i think now i'm starting to recognize with more that i read into all of these issues and other people they're sharing similar uh situations
0: that mm-hmm. this
1: is a defense mechanism that i think my cool. body and mind was trained to do
0: mm-hmm yeah, and so now it's figuring out for the the next phase of of life and healing is putting our own emotions and needs and health and wellness first, so that we can keep being that uh, those game changers for our own kids and you know. And I think it's just gonna take time and being kind to ourselves maintaining those boundaries and being patient with ourselves mm-hmm. too and then also allowing the allowing yourself and to feel what you feel when you do without without shame or guilt or whatever so yeah. it's going to happen and you know it's only it's a fairly new process for you to really face face it bring it to the surface like yeah now yeah. right I've I've like you said I'm not trying to say I'm better or anything I just like I've been at it a little longer Take to your own in a therapeutic <laughs> <laughs> in a, I, I feel like I've been doing more intentional work towards this for a lot
1: longer yeah you have I'm uh I'm very much uh somebody that takes it all in shoves it down as deep as possible at some point the glass just pours over but uh, mm-hmm. I'm I've always been very good at just sort of taking taking it all and not dealing it with it mm-hmm. so yeah let's uh let's wrap it up there and we can move on to other emotions and feelings in another episode
0: I think I I like the idea of the friend experiences next because we've got a lot on that. Yeah, that's
1: Mm -hmm. a good one to be our next one. So,
0: all right, well, um, thank you for making me weep. On, I know I got a little weird there
1: too.
0: (laughs) I I had to mute so I could like blow my nose for a minute, okay, but
1: all good it's all part of the process it's all good as we know guilt is a definite uh emotion that i think comes hand in hand with these kind of situations Uh, it weighs
0: heavy it weighs heavy on other people that are processing different kinds of experiences like this So we feel you yeah we see you
1: (laughs) we will weep for you
0: yeah or not but we'll do we'll go do some therapeutic screaming in nature you should try that
1: exactly (laughs)
0: all right well thank you for tuning in and hope that you enjoy and check us out for the next one Um, all right
1: all right thanks again for joining
0: toodles bye from me Hey, thanks for listening today. You can listen to Parentified Podcast on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, and Google Podcasts. You can also check out our Instagram at Parentified Podcast. Feel free to subscribe, share, rate, or reach out with questions and suggestions for further episodes. Talk to you next time.